The round 16 wrap and Origin 2 preview. Damien Seabold, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, Tom. Yourself? Good, thanks, mate. We won't spend too much time talking about the games over the weekend. The teams are just, they're not, and the longer we go in this competition, I'm not really keen on NRL still playing while Origin's on because these teams are nothing what they'll actually be in a week or two's time. Was there anyone that impressed you over the weekend, though? Oh, mate, I thought um, I thought the Cowboys' resilience was good on Friday night. I mean, you know, we've got to remember that the Penrith Panthers have got about eight or nine of their their best players, potentially their starting thirteen, out. So, how much do you write home about it? But there was a point there where it did look like Penrith were going to kick away, and and the Cowboys found a way to, to hang tough and and got themselves back in it, and then eventually won. But again, they did have you know their spine playing, so that helps. Um, Jake Granville's still an excellent hooker, so yeah, you know, those things being intact, it, it was no surprise that they ended up winning. It was probably how they won that surprised me. Um, the other one was I, I don't know if it's more about how bad the dogs are at the moment or whether there was some improvement in the charts, but. Yeah, you know, there's a bit of talk floating around that Nico's back and the real Nico stood up yesterday. Well, mate, did he really? Like, you know, the first 10 minutes he kicked the ball dead on the full, uh, or into touch in the dead ball line. Uh, a couple of wayward passes that hit the deck and went over the sideline. And then he scooped up that um, that loose pill and, and went 90. And, and he sort of did find a gear then and, and started playing okay footy. But um, the, the way that Cronulla destroyed Canterbury was really alarming because it was just simple one-on-one misses. Um, Reid Money, who I rate as a you know, top-five hooker in the comp, he was disgraceful. The amount of one-on-one tackles he missed yesterday was just alarming. The, I just want to touch on a couple of players there throughout those games. In the Penrith Cowboys game, Jack Cogger, I thought, was superb for Penrith. What is it about this team that, you know, they had Sean O'Sullivan last year who was just there for cover for Nathan but ended up playing about eight or nine games. But they've their backup halves just seem to learn so quickly and to be able to look like they can put a team together. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? It says a lot about their development of their junior players. So the amount of time and effort that they put into those um, under a, a, underage blokes. So, you know, your Jersey Flag, SG Ball and, and New South Wales Cup players. Um, obviously, their recruiting is very, very clever as well. So they very rarely miss when they um, identify someone at 16, 17 and, and bring them through. So, you know, Gus, love him or hate him, whatever he set up there 10 years ago certainly is, um, has been great for the club. Yeah, no doubt. And the, the other one I just wanted to touch on, the Roosters beating the Knights. Luke Keary out for an extended time now. Sam Walker... Sorry, mate, to interrupt, but I did see a, a report there just an hour or two ago that it looks like he's been cleared of a broken jaw. They're, they're just looking at um, whether or not the plate that he's already got in there has been displaced, and that's what the issue is. And, and if so, worst-case scenario, he might only miss a week or two now. Yeah, OK. Well, they, they certainly need him on the park, don't they? Oh, they do, mate, yeah. Like, that was... Um, Look, it wasn't a great game of footy, was it? I did get the chance to to watch most of that one live and then I watched the replay of it and, yeah, it was underwhelming. It's such a bad loss for Newcastle. You've got the all the 
Origin big guns out for the Roosters. The Roosters are certainly not playing well. And for the Knights to win that, to, sorry, to lose that at home, if they if they get into trouble later on in the year, they'll look back at games like this. Oh, for sure, mate. Like, I think the, they're starting to struggle. Um, you know, you look at the, the win they had a couple of weeks ago against a, a very understrength Manly side when it was um, a dubious inbinning and penalty that really cost Manly the game and, and Newcastle end up you know, being the beneficiary of it. It, it wasn't that impressive, was it? And now, obviously, you know, they've dished this up. I think um, I think the Knights are going to battle to get out of that bottom four. The other one I just want to touch on is the Storm Tigers game. Storm won convincingly, but I do think the Tigers showed something in attack there. They created a lot of chances, just weren't able to get the ball over the line. Well, they, they're missing key players. Like, you know, they, they don't have any halves. They don't have their, their best hooker. Um, yeah. So it, 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 it was surprising that they actually created as many opportunities as they did, to be fair. So, you know, they're going okay. They're still my favourite to win the spoon, though. And the other game, Parramatta and Manly, you must <laughs> you must be conflicted in your household when this game's on. Oh, well, yeah, myself and, and my son, and even Dad, like, Dad's a Parramatta fan as well, but m- myself and my son were, you know, over-the-top fanatical para fans and obviously blood thick in the water. So part of me was hoping that Manly actually won on the weekend because Parra's got a, a lot easier run home than what, what Manly do. And I think um, we, spoke, we spoke about this at the start of the year that, you know, if Parra starts to get on a bit of a roll, they're going to be really dangerous. Um, and they do have a fairly soft draw home. I can see them going on a big run here and, a month ago, we were talking about, gee, they need to win a couple. Now, all of a sudden, I think they're sitting equal fourth. Yeah, exactly right. And the the one thing I just will say about Manly, though, we've spoken about this a lot, and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out, the importance of Daly and Tom to that team. They cannot afford for them to get and injured. Jake. And Jake. Yep. As, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, definitely, mate. They just, they, you know... It's been the the same story for for years. As soon as Tom doesn't play, just and, and daily, but things just fall apart. So um, I, I've got to be open and honest. I only got to watch the highlights of this game because I was actually coaching myself on Saturday night, so I didn't get a chance to um, to watch it in in full. And then um, you know, just ran out of time to, to watch a replay before today. So I'm only basing my opinion on this game on. Um, on highlights, and, and it looked like Gutho was on fire, mate. Can you confirm that that was correct? Yes, he was on fire. He's playing really well, Gutho, and uh, there's a, they're, they're missing a few players. The Eels still, obviously, particularly the halves, starting halves, and um, Gutho, he's been tremendous the past couple of weeks, and uh, he um, wouldn't go out of place in an outside back jersey if New South Wales needed to need to call him up, that's for sure. Hey, um, we'll do our top five back rowers, and then we'll move on to some state of origin talk. Uh, this one, this is not a clear-cut list. This could go many different ways, I feel. Did you feel that this was pretty open for you? Very, very tough. Considering, you know, the first couple of back rowers that sprung to mind for me are injured and, and not even playing. So, you know, like, I reckon, and you to your degree, Sean Lane and Angus Crichton would have been on anyone's top five list this time last year. Yep, and also throwing kick out. Yeah, that's right, and kick out, definitely, mate. So those three, and, you know, they're the obvious ones that came to mind. I thought, well, hang on, they're not even playing, so they can't be considered. <laughs> yep, that's right. So, 
Uh, we'll kick things off with number one. And, you know, this number one, he might not even be in your top five. That's the that's the variety that we've got here in the back row. I've gone David Fafita. Okay. Yeah, he is in my top five, mate. My number one is actually um, Liam Martin. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. And and Liam Martin's my number two. So uh, who have you got at number two? Um, I've got, and again, it's a little bit of, what he did the last 12, 18 months. But my number two is um, Papali'i, is I Papali'i. I think um, I, I was a little bit critical of him at West Tigers earlier in the year, but when you do watch what what they're doing and watch him closely, um, he's probably one of the reasons why they aren't getting blown away um, and they're staying in game. So he still stays in the top five for mine. Yeah, Papali'i is an interesting one. I, I definitely wouldn't say he's a bad player at all. I just think he's... He was very much the beneficiary of being in a good Eels team at the time and playing off some very good halves there. Uh, I just don't have any room for Papali'i in my top five, but that's that's the that's the depth of the back row. Like apart from the apart from sort of Kickow, who I would put at number one, um, he it's it's very open. Like you could have the next ten guys all be really close. Yeah, it's a photo finish, isn't it? And and they're all quality players too. Oh, no doubt in the world. So, uh, number three, who you got? Number three is where I've got Fafita. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. So, I've got Jeremiah Nanai at number three. Uh, he certainly didn't start the year as well as what people would have liked him to, but he has got so much talent at a young age. He He's a bit Sonny Bill-esque with some of the things he does, and he started in Origin 3 last year and was absolutely superb. I've got no doubt he's going to do a good job this Wednesday night. Who have you got at number four? Uh, man, just, just on you now, I agree with everything that you said. I, I think he's, um, he's, he's special, special young player, and I, I just couldn't squeeze him into my five, considering he hasn't really played that much footy and he didn't start great. But yeah, he's, he's special. Um, man, my, my number four, uh, he's probably been off the boil a little bit the last few weeks, but based on the first ten games, is uh, Olakawatu. I thought he's been outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. And Olakawatu, he would have been probably my six. Um, he he's had a superb, uh, superb moments throughout the year, certainly. But uh, certainly, a, uh, one of the highlights of his career will be this year. Um, and it's just that it just goes back to that thing that you know, there's probably ten guys, ten, twelve guys you could put into the top five of the back row, and no one would have a problem with it at all. Um, my number four, though, I've gone Keon Kalamatangi. Um, I th- I think yeah. he's sensational player. I hate when they whenever they move into the middle. It's so bizarre to me. But uh play him on an edge and he's superb. Yeah, I agree, mate. And he he's around my six or seven um mark and, and the only reason he's not in the top five is because of the amount that they've been playing him in the middle and it, yeah, like you said, it's bizarre. It it really nullifies what makes him so dangerous. Well teams would rather him play in the middle. Of course. Of course he's gonna make big meters through the middle. Um, and you're potentially strengthening a, a position because they're down some middles, but you're, def- you're, you're weakening one of their best um, well, attacking options on an edge because it takes flies away, it opens things up for pass and you know allows him to, to look a bit better than, than what he uh, probably, probably is without being too harsh. But uh, the other person that I think it's impacting in the last few weeks is, um, is Campbell Graham as well. He's not getting as much ball, and I think it's because since... Um, you know that move to the middle. Defenders can really aim up on on Graham because they know that he's the main threat on that right edge. Fair point. And who have you got at five? 
Mate, my five might be a little bit. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Britton Nakora. I thought he's been unbelievable this year. He he um, he's so damaging on that right edge for for Cronulla. He scores tries. He's a tough tough man. Um, he, he takes a, a hell of bringing down and, and defensively he's um, he's excellent as well. So he's my number five. Tyson Brazel was another uh, one that you know was thereabouts, but um, yeah, I just think Nakora. Um, for mine, he's been excellent. Sneaky fast, Britton Akora, and uh, and T Wilton on the other side. If they can pair those two, that's a pretty good second row combo. Yeah, that's right. And, and you got, oh, I'm sure. I don't know who your fifth is going to be, but we can go through the the notable omissions after that, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do that. But uh, my number five definitely a Smoky. Um, I and granted, he he hasn't been playing his best this year, but. Neither has anyone else in his team, to be fair. Um, I thought he should have been picked in the Australian squad at the end of last year. And it's Nat Butcher. Uh, I think he is a superb player. And like I said, none of the Roosters are playing any good this year. But uh, he he was fantastic come the end of last year. Yeah, I agree. He's very good. And I didn't even think about him. But as soon as you mentioned him, um, you know, yeah, you could you could argue that point because um, he goes he goes good. He's um, certainly nowhere near where he was at this point in last year, but he's a good footballer. Um, you know, and you think of blokes that we've left out completely, like we didn't even mention Hudson Young, who you know has forced his way into a, an Origin side. Um, as I said before, the Tyson Frizzell. Um, well, I had Kaloa Matangi as as a guy that was you know almost almost there, but couldn't quite get him in my top five and. And like we already mentioned, arguably the best three-back rowers in lane. Um, um, I've just gone blank for a second there. So Madison? Well, oh, no, no, sorry. Lane and um, Kickout. Yeah. Look, you know, those two guys would be a walk-up start in... Um, and Angus Crichton. That's the other name I was trying to think of. Um, they'd be a walk-up start in most people's top five if fit. So, yeah, there's a lot of depth there. No doubt. Definitely one of the tougher positions, but we'll move on to uh, dummy halves next week. But right now, though, we'll go on to State of Origin. Um, Latrell pulling out. We spoke about this last week. I said I would be stunned if he plays. He's he's come out now, and it seems like he's going to be out for a long time, Latrell. It is the biggest loss they could have had by a country mile after Nathan Cleary pulling out. It is, for sure. Um, it, it certainly... Um it certainly hurts them. I suppose the only difference between game one and, and this one is at least he pulled out early. So it didn't really impact training. I'm sure Crichton just slid straight in. Um, so, yes, Luttrell is a massive out. And, and they're going to they're gonna miss him because he would have added something definitely. Um, but I don't think it'll be as obvious. So, you know, we spoke last time about the disjointed attack on that left-hand side, how many balls went to ground, things like that, because it was clear that they trained with a certain player in that position, and then all of a sudden at the last minute it's, it's been changed basically at the captain's run. So um, it might not be as as big of an impact as what it was game one, but certainly you would rather have him than not, wouldn't you? Oh, no doubt. And this, this New South Wales campaign, if you will, reminds me a lot of the 2021 series that Queensland went through. So that was a series where all three games were in Queensland. Paul Green was the coach. Um, But the Queensland camp just had so many injuries and it was down to the point and and so many dramas. Like, for example, that was the, I'm pretty sure that was the Ronaldo Mortalo getting picked for Queensland here. 
um, yeah. and Reese Walsh got picked, but had to had to pull out at the last second as well. And they just had so many injuries upon injuries. And the problem that they had, and they admitted this afterwards, is that they picked guys who were 50-50 going into camp. And that's one thing yeah. that you've seen with Queensland at the moment, isn't it? If you're 50-50, you're not getting picked. No, that's exactly right. And I think that um, the benefit of where we're, where we're at at the moment with how, how strong our depth is, if someone's not right, they're just, yeah, like you said, they're not getting considered. We're going with the fit player and, you know, there's probably 25 or 22 to 25 guys in, in Queensland at the moment who are all within a whisker of each other. So it definitely, um, it's big, isn't it? It makes a, it makes a huge difference. Oh, and if you go, if you go back and look at the 2020 team, the one for Queensland, there are blokes in there that should never have played for Queensland whatsoever that aren't even getting runs for their club now. But, yeah. um, but we're certainly not at that stage at the moment. Like Corey Horsburgh is the 19th man for Queensland. Uh, if he if he was to get a run, you wouldn't you wouldn't blink twice at it. No, definitely. And and you think um, you know did and obviously misses out this time, um, so he was able to play a bit of footy because it would have been tough on him to to sit through two Origin camps as 18th man and then miss out on club footy. So it's it's a big chunk of time to to not play a game. Um, there's certainly a number of players there that. That could do a job. Um, are, are you? How do you feel going into this game? Like we should win by twenty, really. <laughs> should, like, with Luttrell out, the changes, you know. I, I I wouldn't say twenty. However, I am really confident, and that probably does scare me a little bit. The fact that I'm really confident. Um, look, there's a, there's yeah. a cu- there's a couple of things so, that. Um, so, like I mean, so are we. I've ne- I haven't seen us with this. Magnus, um, and it me. <laughs> well, there's a couple of things that stand out. Have you noticed? Yeah, I have. I have. There's a couple of things that stand out to me, though. Um, I will say that in the in the hierarchy of the Maroons, it's a lay-down Mazaire win as, as far as smarts, ability, decisions, um, tactical nous, interchange plans. To me, they've just blown them off the park. So that gives me a lot of confidence, knowing that we've got... Um, uh, some really intelligent people at the top of the Maroons at the moment. Also, the fact that uh, our spines, uh, apart from Reese Walsh, obviously, but at least he's played the one game, our spines played together a lot. Cherry Evans, Munster, uh, Hunt and Grant, they played a lot of footy together. And now they're coming up against a, a 1, 6, 7 and 9 that I'm not sure have ever played a game together. So it yeah. it gives me a lot I of think, confidence in that regard. I think I think they've had one game together, but that's yeah. That's it. Yeah, and, you know, like Mitch Moses is probably going to have to think back to West Tigers days to when he was playing with James Tedesco and rely on some combinations yeah. there. Exactly. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, you know, what what they do. And, I mean, they're classy players and every team plays with the same shape. It's just got different names at different clubs. So, realistically, you would think that they will fall into you know, some sort of rhythm um, fairly, fairly easy, but... You know, definitely, they're under the pump and then they're the underdog. And oh, I don't know what it is. I do like the fact that, and again, from the very beginning, um, Cameron Smith being involved in that coaching staff and being involved in the setup because he is, in my mind, the, yeah, he, he's the best player of the well since I've watched footy. So that goes back to the to the early '80s, and um, 
how smart he is. He's just smarter than everyone, and um, he makes people better, and I'm sure he would be doing that in camp as well. Um, so that obviously gives me a little bit of confidence, but there's just there's just something about us the last week and a half that I've never seen before. And it, and it went back to starting with um, a number of Reese Walsh's comments not long after game one, and, and it's sort of just been one thing after another, and it's like, oh, that, that's just not us, and are we getting a bit ahead of ourselves? That, that's my concern. I, I totally get what you mean. I would say, though, that I don't think it's an arrogance thing. I think it is pure confidence, and I think that that has been injected into the team over the past 12 months from Billy because – and it just goes to their style of play. So the the try uh, that the Hammer scored uh, that took Queensland the lead in Game 1, uh, that, that came off a massive shift in Queensland's own 40-metre line. Like, it's it stuns me – how much they are willing to promote the ball in their own half and willing to spread the ball to get to the outside over the past few origins. That's never happened in Queensland before, but Billy's injected this confidence to go, hey, boys, we got Munster, we got the hammer out there, let's go play. And and, and we did speak about this one. That was, you know, Munster spotted, he he spotted the weakness and he almost ran sideways to get to it, didn't he? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I do feel bad for Nico. He's played 12 minutes of origin. Uh, in, in a terrible decision to put him on and in the, his untried position. Uh, but he did get burnt in that one. There's no doubt about it. But there's... I think uh, he'll play, he will play again. He will oh, play again. For sure. Uh, it's just a matter of of when and, and how they use him. Well, the, he, he can play 14, but you can't carry someone at 14 just for injury, right? Like, you need to have some sort of plan to get them in the game. And, and again were their concerns around him defensively. Is that why they never brought him on as a back rower and used him, you know, as a ball-playing lock or ball-playing edge back rower? Um, I'm not too sure. Because like we spoke about previously, we've done it plenty of times with blokes like Morgan, Cronk, um, you know, Cherry Evans. Even New South Wales have done it with with players in the past. Craig Wing didn't just come on and play hooker. He used to play a bit of lock. Um, they've had other guys like um, Greg, Greg Bird sort of play that role as well. Uh, Sean Timmons, I don't know, going back a little bit there, but there's a history of New South Wales and Queensland using players like that. And yeah, they obviously had no intention of doing it. The, the fact that Jack Whiten is much better defensively makes him a much better 14. And it, it's it's quite stark, the comparison, because as, as a half, Nico's probably got him there, but as a 14, Jack Wine's a no-brainer. Yeah, definitely. He, 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 he's not just a good defender. He actually, he hits, doesn't he? he he's <laughs> very physical. Yeah, there was there was one moment from last year that really sticks out to me. It was when Pat Carrigan first came on the field, and it was his first moment in Origin, and he absolutely came out of the line and whacked Jack Whiten. And everyone was like, oh, okay, Pat Carrigan's on the field. The very next set, Jack Whiten came out and whacked him back. Like, he was not he was not stepping back at all. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. And they do. They miss. They, I'm sure they miss him for a number of reasons because, by all reports, he's a, he's a great person as well. So, you know, having having those type of people in camp would definitely help. How does how does New South Wales win this game? It's they're certainly up against it. They it's it's very rare that they go to Suncorp and win. And now they don't have Cleary and Latrell, who I'd argue are their two uh, biggest game breakers that they've got, and certainly most important player in Nathan Cleary. How do they win this game? This might sound weird, but I reckon they've got to shift the ball as much as possible early. 
So, you know, they go away from the Azario-based attack where everything's revolved around him as that link man. I personally think um, Moses and, and Jerome Luai need to shift the ball from side to side, attack Queensland on the edges, and then that'll open up the middle for Azario to inject himself after 15 or 20. And I know stereotypically and in Historically, any coach would say you've got to go forward first, you've got to earn the right before you shift the footy. Um, I just think that New South Wales have got to move Queensland around, they've got to stretch you know, stretch their line defensively, and then what that'll do is it'll start to create a bit more space through the middle with um, you know, the, the defensive line not being able to be so central um, with, with where they're setting up and those middles loading up on as IEO and the forward going through going through um, the middle of the field. So I think that's what they, they need to do. Um, it allows then Luai and Moses to jump short sides as well on the back of the shift. And um, and both of those guys, in particular Moses, he's probably he's probably the best at it, to be fair. Him and him and Cherry Evans would be a photo finish of jumping short sides. But, um, so it allows two things. It allows Moses to play short sides. And it also then allows Yo to come into the game after 20 minutes and and play um, that more through the middle direct style. Give me a prediction about the game. It doesn't necessarily have to be a score, but just just tell me something that you think will happen in the game. Um, I think it is going to be one of two, well, I think Queensland win and should win, regardless of who wins the game. It's going to be someone's getting put away early. So I reckon within the first 20 minutes, we're going to know who's winning this footy game. And it's going to be 12, 18 mil after 20 minutes, either way. Particularly if Queensland get on top, top, it's going to be so tough for New South Wales to get back into it. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, um, and you know, both teams are talented enough to get themselves out of jail. I just have a feeling it's going to be one of those origins where it's three quick tries early. Before you know it, it's 16, 18 mil and... And it could be could be game over. I'll give you what's, one. What's your thoughts? I'll give you one. I don't think there's a chance that either of these teams start as named. Uh, I spoke about this last week. I think Reese Robson will start for New South Wales, and I think that Mo Fodawaker will probably start for Queensland. Uh, there might be more changes than that. Liam Liam Martin do, could definitely start. Um, it wouldn't even shock me if Stefano started for them. But I just think the two most obvious ones out of those lot are Mo Fodawaker and Reese Robson. What do you think about that? Yeah, potentially. I know we spoke about the Reese Robson one. Um, and, and I know I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't go anywhere near that. But I, I think you're right. I think they're going to consider it. Um, Stefano, he may start. And would you, would you start him for Junior Paulo or, or Payne Hatt? Well, Payne Haas has to start. And I think one one thing that they'll take out of the last game is they, they were down 12-0 early, or 10-0, sorry. Um, they can't they can't afford to do that. So I, I think that they might go all chips in and they might start. I, actually, come to think of it, I think Paul and Haas will start, but I think it'll be Frizzell and Martin because I just don't think that they can afford to get down at Suncorp. I, I don't think they can afford to start like they did last time. I, yeah, I agree. And I actually think they'll start because they, they can't afford it. They've got to start well. And that's why I think they will start Hass and, and Paulo and, and Damian Cook will be, you know, the hooker from the start of the game. He might get a spell after 20 um, or 30, which is unlike what normally happens with him. 
But um, I just think, yeah, they, they have to start well and they've got to pick their, put their best players on the field. And, yeah, Frizzell and Martin are certainly their two best second rollers. So they, they're a must. Um, and I like I like Cameron Murray coming on after 20 through the middle as well. So I think um, you know, that, that's obviously something that they need to look at. How they use Hass and Paulo, though, is going to be so interesting because Hass has to play 60 minutes. And, um, and and New South Wales got back in the game when Paulo came on the other day. So it could be a coincidence or it could be um, the go-forward and second-phase play that he generates. Doesn't this make a lot of sense to you, though? Because if they start Robson, to get Cook on, it'll only take one interchange, right? And then Robson could go to the bench and he can be your backup middle forward if because you'd assume that Cook would play the rest of the game. Whereas if you start Cook and you were to give him a breather... That takes two interchanges. Now, I know New South Wales yeah. don't like to think about interchanges and how they're going to plan this, but uh, I just think that that makes more sense. And then, at the 20-minute mark, you can bring on Murray and Cook at the same time. And it just depends on how they want to use Robson because, again, I know exactly what you're saying, and it's one tub over two. Um, I'd be... I'd, I'd be I'd be starting Cook. I think mean, Cook's is just a significantly better player than Robson in my mind. So I think he has to start, and it might be that with twenty to go, Robson comes on. What about so, you know Cook plays fifty sixty minutes, and and that's him for the night. What about Queensland? Um, I think you're right. I think Fodawaka is a big chance of starting. Um, apart from that, I, I don't think there'll be too many other too many other changes. Um, It'd be good to get Fodawaker on the field early, get him into the game. People forget this. I think this might be his sixth or seventh origin that he's going to be playing as well. So he's got plenty of experience. So yeah, I can get him out there, let him cut loose and, and see what he can generate. According to the advanced stats, Mo Fodawaker is the best play one carry in the game this year. So I just think him charging off the back fence is pretty exciting for Queensland. Yeah, he's, got a, he's one of those blokes that... Um, He's got really, really late footwork. So, um, you know, a defender might be lined up to, to tackle with the left shoulder and then right at the very last second, he shifts off that shoulder onto the right shoulder. And um, he, he doesn't necessarily make line breaks or break tackles, but what he does is he, he makes he makes defenders lose the tackle, if, if, you, if you know what I mean. So he's winning every play the ball. So that's where those advanced stats have come in because he quick quick to his feet, plays the ball fast, and then generates that ruck speed off the back of it. Seems just to finish off, give me a score and a man of the match. Okay, so... I, I can't... I really can't come to come to a conclusion here. Look, 30, 32-14 Queensland. That's exactly what I had written down. 32-14 in Queensland. But, you know, I'm only saying that because I'm a Queenslander. Like, I don't I don't believe it. <laughs> I, really, well, I, I, I think they win. There are, there are two things that you can take out of that. First of all, I think there's going to be a lot of points. And second of all, I do think that if Queensland get on top, they could run away with it. Oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah. And I think my man of the match will be Harry Grant. Well, I'm, I'm convinced. That it's going to be um, well, okay, Cameron Munster because it'll they'll make up for him. He should have won it game one. Yeah, <laughs> he'll be the Wally Lawrence medal. Um, and for New South Wales, I think if they're to win, it's actually Mitch Moses, man of the match. He's been playing good footy. Um, 
he, he seems like he's, he's primed and ready to go. So I think um, that would be where I'd be leaning towards if, if New South Wales win. But I'm, I'm adamant after 20 minutes, we're going to know who, who wins and, and they'll win well. So there's probably no other bet that we should get on this Wednesday than a, a golden point draw. <laughs> good stuff. Seems good to talk to you. Thanks, Tom. See you, mate.